the seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we provide you ancient wisdom for healing and transformation. And our guest for today is the best selling author of more than 45 books and audio albums on self realization, including The Secret of Letting Go, The Essential Laws of Fearless Living, and his brand new book, Relationship Magic waking up together. Now, he's the founder and director of Life of Learning Foundation, a non-profit center for spiritual discovery located in Southern Oregon, where he gives talks three times each week. And in case uh, you're a new listener, uh, you would not know, but he, this is his second appearance on our show. His first appearance was on episode 99. And today we're doing episode 349. So in the podcasting world, it's a long time. And I'm super honored and really excited to have him on our show. Action Tribe, our guest for today is Guy Finlay. So Guy, are you ready to inspire? Well, I'm ready to have a conversation. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So in that uh, uh, intention of having a wonderful conversation, we usually begin our show with a dose of inspiration. So if you had to choose one inspiring quote today, what would that be? And how does that help you lead a better life? I think that if I was going to choose one all-encompassing idea, it would be as follows. The limit of our present view is not the limit of our possibilities. Mm. The limit of our present view is not the limit of our possibilities. Now, do you want me to talk about that or what yeah, would you that like? Would, that would be wonderful if you could elaborate or talk about that. You know, AJ, I know that this is of major interest to you, and I believe that anybody who would be joining us together has the same wonderment and the same wish. We all know in our heart of hearts that we want to be, for simple terms, a truer, more whole human being. Mm-hmm. So that who I am speaking to you right now will be the same man that greets my wife when I go upstairs to the main house and have a conversation with her. Mm. And then when I go to the market, I'm the same man talking to the person checking me out with groceries. Even if someone has jumped in front of me with 39,000 items in their (laughs) cart. The point being that the way that we presently are, most of us anyway, is that our identity, who we feel and take ourselves to be moment to moment, is mercurial. Mm. It changes 
every condition changes our consciousness, which in one respect is natural and necessary because our consciousness is in fact a mirror of the moment that we are in. But just because our consciousness changes as it does, it means that our identity shifts with it so that there's no constant self. There's no one man or one woman living under these waves of thoughts and feelings and mm. the identities. So that when I say the limit of our present view is not the limit of our possibility, what I'm alluding to here is that we get trapped inside of an individual self, mm. a small section of our identity. And when that happens, we take that little part to be the whole of our possibilities. And it's not. So that when we can begin to recognize in that moment when there's a constraint, a resistance, a feeling of inadequacy, this thing is not the whole story. Mm. There's so much more waiting just behind the curtain. Wonderful. That's a wonderful quote to begin this episode with. And Action Tribe, if you are watching right now, if you're watching live, remember to add your comments and share this post because we want to get as many people as possible to watch this. But a guy like you rightly pointed out, you know, it's so easy to get trapped in this false belief of thinking that we are this limited identity. Uh, but the truth is that time is shifting time is changing and with that we have presented so many opportunities to grow and go beyond this limited identity and truly find out who we are as well as meant to be so thanks a lot just, for sharing well, yeah. just, just as an example to everybody yeah. maybe you're sitting there and you you have a thought or a feeling an actual um movement in yourself mm. and it's meant to be affirmed it's meant to be expressed and then something says well it's not worthwhile or i don't understand and in that split second we are confined to something that has defined us mm. and in being defined by that one part our possibility of exploring the greater parts of ourselves is denied so don't let that get in the way Wonderful. Uh, now, of course, you've uh, you've written an amazing book, uh, which is Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together. So what inspired you to write your new book? The single greatest resource on this planet, AJ, bar none, particularly when it comes to the possibility of our discovering and developing our full potential as a spark of the divine is through relationship. Relationships, in the truest sense of the word, are mirrors. They are ways in which, moment to moment, we are given an insight, a look into the nature of our consciousness in that moment. So that through the mirror, for instance, here I'm looking at you mm -hmm. up there in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. You're looking at me. I'm sorry for you have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but just looking at you and seeing your eyes, seeing your smile, listening to the, the tone of your voice, every element stirs in me in that second something that otherwise I would never know exists as a quality or a characteristic in myself. If we had time, I'd turn my laptop around and let you look at the squirrels and the 
birds and the turkeys and the deer that wander through Mm. that I love that over years I've cultivated a relationship with nature. Why? Because every last one of those creatures brings up in me a character that I don't know without them being there. So that literally the moment is full of characters Mm. that awaken qualities that are dormant in me asleep. And when they are awakened, when I'm awakened by the mirror in which I look, I'm not just awakened to the world I see outside of me. I'm awakened to aspects of my Mm. consciousness that otherwise I don't know. That's why I wrote the book, because this is a book about how we can use every relationship, which we'll Mm -hmm. get to, to awaken us to who and what we are in that moment. Wonderful. Uh, Yeah, that's so profound. I mean, you mentioning that, you you know, you having these animals or these birds uh, in and around where you live allows you to connected connect with them in a way that uh allows you to get to know yourself better that that is yeah. profound because yeah. a lot of times we feel that we're connecting you know we're connecting with all these different things and aspects but just like the sanskrit phrase says aham brahmasmi which is i am the universe and yes. if you are the universe then you essentially interacting with other objects and animals and creatures are you finding and discovering more about yourself so thanks a yes. lot for sharing that Because in the end, to use that word, it is the divine Mm. looking out at its own creation. Yeah. Not Guy. (laughs) (laughs) But Guy as an instrument capable of being receptive to an order of reality that Guy the one doing and going and getting and fighting and struggling, that that man, he'll never know. Mm. But within him lives Brahma. Within him lives Shakti. Within him lives all of these extraordinary qualities and characters and energies, the gods, if you will. And each of them is stirred with everything that one is aware of consciously. Now, We love this idea Mm. that I can look out and see as I do the trees here in Southern Oregon. They're starting to change already. I wish they weren't, you know, but, (laughs) but, you know, summer is just almost over. Fall's coming. The colors awaken color. Mm -hmm. The beauty awakens beauty. And we love that in our relationships. We love that when I see things I love, I feel love. I love that when I see beauty, I feel beauty. But what about, AJ, moments where I look out and I see my wife, I see my students, I see disorder, I see chaos, I see hatred. What about those moments when I look out and in the mirror of myself, suddenly I am awakened to those qualities and characteristics in myself. And in those moments, I don't want anything to do with seeing that. Mm. I want to blame you for what I'm experiencing instead of understanding that all of this is part of a a beautiful matrix Mm. that is the entirety of our existence and our possibilities. 
and that the denial of one aspect of my divine being is the same as refusing all the aspects, because in the end they are a singularity, mm. which is what all of this gradually reveals to the, to the working man or woman, that the task is to be the witness of our life and allow that witnessing ultimately to glorify the supreme witness, the one through whose eyes we really see, so that we enter into a completely different order of existence that isn't troubled anymore by this minutia, by these ambitions and personal problems. Absolutely. And now diving a bit deeper into the same thing that you were speaking about, which is not ignoring the aspects of ourselves that is reflected in other things in our life, but encompassing it all together, taking it, taking in it all together. And you've said that we can't protect our heart and keep it open at the same time. We can't protect our heart and keep it open at the same time. So what do you mean by that? Imagine for just a moment, a mirror and we can all pretty much agree that 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 we look out and what we perceive with our senses which aren't just limited to our body hmm. our heart senses doesn't it yeah. like i can sense certain emotional parts of you my mind isn't just limited to thought if it's awake hmm. it's intuitive it's sensing not just the present, but that which may be coming because it's already there in one respect. So that when we, when, and this is very, we have to be careful. Um, what would you think of somebody who goes out on a beautiful camping trip into the high mountains, snow-capped peaks, marvelous creatures, and they spend the whole time looking at the world around them through a tiny peephole <laughs> that they make with their hand so that all they see from moment to moment is what is allowed through that minute opening right. that they've given themselves. That's what happens when we allow our heart to be in quotes protected mm. because you see the heart does love everybody. Just think with me for a minute. This is, really quite logical does love need to be protected or does love instantaneously integrate and bring into a coalesced state all the conditions that enter into it because love is the grand the grandmother love mm -hmm. is the great father and everything is in it already so that what we see outside of ourselves is really an expression in one way or another of that love that gave creation creation mm -hmm. so that for me to look out and see something that suddenly I don't want to see mm -hmm. is denying the whole of myself. And here's the important point. Why do I protect my heart mm -hmm. from somebody who comes and becomes say um, an, an enemy of mine? Mm -hmm. what, what's going on? It's because in that moment there's pain, mm -hmm. and I, I in quotes, don't want that pain in part because I don't know what to do with it. All I've ever oh. been trained to do is to push away anything that produces a problem in me. 
mm-hmm. not understanding, and I hope we can get this across, that every moment that comes to us <clears throat> is a revelation. Mm-hmm. Every moment is a revelation. In each revelation is an invitation to discover something about myself that I don't know. And so if I am, in quotes, protecting my heart, and no one consciously keeps their heart locked down. Mm -hmm. But if there is something in me that's afraid, because only fear protects, then that means that that fear doesn't want the revelation that's Mm -hmm. showing me that I'm living from a part of myself that doesn't want to know the whole expanse. Once we get even a small inkling of that, AJ, and sorry to go on so long with that one idea, why why is only an open heart a wise Mm -hmm. one? Because only an open heart is receiving what is being given to the whole of us moment to moment to moment. And that's the key word, being given to us. Mm -hmm. We perceive unwanted moments as something being taken from us. God, the divine, does not take from us. The divine gives us opportunities to learn more about the divine that indwells. Wonderful. And I appreciate you sharing this because uh, in your book, you write so eloquently of some uh, uh, principles and ideas, which in fact are a paradigm shift, if we really think about it. So uh, I appreciate that because you also written that a relationship is like a mirror because we get to see who we are. And you've sort of alluded to this as we began the interview, but help us understand this in a better sense. How does a relationship act like a mirror that in fact gets allows us to understand who we truly are? Have you ever walked into, you be the advocate for the listeners, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Have you ever walked into a room, AJ, and the minute you walked in, you could, in one way or another, feel the joy that was there mm-hmm. or the pain that was there. Yes or yeah. no? Yes, it, for and, sure. And, and you didn't have to think about, gee, this is joy, how great mm-hmm. that is, or <laughs> holy mother, what's going on? Why is everybody so negative all of a sudden? You didn't right. have to think about that, did you? No. no. Why? Uh, to me, I feel that... Um us as human beings communicate better when it's not through words. And for some reason, we've forgotten that our whole body is sort of like a, a mirror. Energy. Yeah, a mirror, in fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you take any field of energy mm. and you you hit a tuning fork or you make a sound or you send a thought toward it, that Mm -hmm. energy, because it's not disconnected from everything else, Mm -hmm. responds instantaneously to what enters into its field. Mm -hmm. So that you and I, as if you will, sort of individualized fields of energy, coalesced for a specific creative purpose, We walk into a room, and that room is filled with an energy, one that will more or less be dominating, meaning Mm -hmm. prominent, as a field of energy that we don't know that we are. We walk in, and suddenly my energy is reflecting 
the reality of the energy in that room. Mm. So now I know without having to take thought exactly more or less what's taken place. I don't need to define it, but I have a, a certain way of um, reflecting that reality. That's the mirror. Mm. And we oh. are that mirror so that we are never, ever disconnected from this higher order of our own being except for when and where as we presently are constituted we fall asleep and what do we fall asleep into mm-hmm. a particular sense of self born out of an immediate registration of the broader reality and because of our conditioning the instantaneous denial or resistance to that broader field so then in that split second, we are disconnected from the whole of the moment mm-hmm. and brought into what we think is the whole of ourselves, which it's not. It's a minute portion of our mm-hmm. possibility of reflecting a reality that is beyond thought and that if we could live that way, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have to wonder why is this person this way or right. why are they doing this? Because we would know intuitively, instantly what their character and quality is. And in that, by the way, is fearlessness. In mm-hmm. that is perfect protection. Because instead of resisting or rejecting a moment we don't want because of our summary reaction to it, Mm-hmm. The reaction is put aside in favor of entering into a world where we recognize this is a unity. Mm. And in the intelligence of that unity, this is important, I am given who and what to be. I don't have to think, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Because the energy is responding mm-hmm. so that then my identity is downstream from the broader identity, from the broader divine self. Mm-hmm. So that doing goes is downstream from being. I hope I'm not getting too complex. Doing is downstream from being. And being chooses what I do. Being chooses how I respond. Being keeps me in a place that can't be harmed because you mm-hmm. can't harm the whole of anything. Action Tribe, as many of you know, recently I conducted an experiment of waking up at 5 a.m. for 30 days straight and I discovered that the way you begin your day determines the creativity, the flow and the energy that you experience during the day. It's good to switch things up a bit. So if you're looking for an alternative to your morning coffee, I highly recommend the Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee Mix by Four Sigmatic because it feels really energizing especially after some journaling or meditation in the morning. The lion's mane mushroom that it contains has been used by Buddhist monks for thousands of years for increased focus during meditation. It also contains dual extracted chaga mushrooms which support your immune functions and the wild rhodiola root that it contains calms you down and helps reduce stress. So it's really healthy for you and it also contains 100% Arabica coffee beans so it tastes just like good 
quality coffee. So if you're planning to design your morning routine, I'd invite you to place your first order of Four Sigmatic Coffee and just try it out because guess what? They've extended a really special offer for Action Tribe. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash A-C-T-I-O-N-T-R-I-B-E or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. Once again, that's foursigmatic.com forward slash Action Tribe or use discount code Action Tribe at checkout. No, I'm glad that you're going into this because uh, I think our listeners uh, would appreciate um, what you're sharing because uh, this is this is profound. I mean, if somebody takes some time to really realize what you're saying, and we're going to go deeper into it as well, they will experience numerous shifts, just as I did in going through your book. Uh, but you know, you've also said that any negative thought or any negative feeling that hides within us must be revealed before it can be healed. Love illuminates these characters that live in the dark of us, releasing us from their unseen limitations. Now, this is pretty deep. So please help us uh, understand this, please. Uh, how can this negative thought or feeling that is within us, how, why must it be revealed before indeed it can be healed? First, again, you as advocate. And if not, I'll tell on myself. <laughs> I can, I can, I'd love to be advocate. <laughs> Did you ever have your heart broken in a thousand pieces? Oh, I have. Yeah. Multiple I don't times. think, you know, to be a human being <laughs> is to have had a broken heart. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. So uh, let's just say there you are and somebody breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. Now, do you remember AJ? Any of what went through you when you got your heart broken? Uh, yes, I do. Wasn't it something like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Yes. Nobody knows this pain that I'm in. And I swear to you, I will never go through this again. Mm. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I didn't know. I which is really beautiful, but not at that moment. Mm. Who knew that one could feel so profoundly mm -hmm. something like that? Mm -hmm. There was no protecting the heart at that point in time, no. was there? <clears throat> no. it, I, 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 I just gave it completely. You yeah. know, the physicality, extraordinary, the, mm -hmm. the emotions uh, rising up. The, the mind engaged, thinking only about the person that I care, fully yeah. open, first mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Then, boom, I'm never going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Now, that's like saying, and you can tell me whether this is true or not, it is for me. If you've gone someplace and either had too much food to eat or yeah. ate things that you said, I know I shouldn't, but I have yeah. to eat it anyway. Yeah. And you remember getting home and saying to yourself, I'm never going to eat again? Yeah, every time every time I go to this uh, buffet place near my house, it's an Indian buffet place. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to that buffet place, but when I do, it's like 
what we paid for it I might as might as well you know eat. Okay. it's like oh no <laughs> yeah yeah so that's perfect so here i am and just like i'm never going to eat again mm. i'm never going to love again but yeah. whatever it is two weeks two months a year there he she there he is there she is mm. and 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 i feel that attraction mm-hmm. i'm drawn to that yeah. person Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that having been through the first destruction of my soul, so to speak, my heart mm-hmm. crushed, that there are remnants in me. Mm-hmm. I'm not aware of the remnant, but a week, two weeks down the line or a month down the line with my new love and we're out to eat. Yeah. And I just notice out of the corner of my eye, she's looking at the waiter. Mm. Now, it may be she's just looking at the waiter because she wants more iced tea. Mm. But something in me that I don't know is in me oh, sees right. her looking and it says, oh, no, 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 mm. not again. Mm-hmm. And in that split second, the totality of the possibility of the moment is reduced to a tormenting feeling. Right. That then begins, though I may not even speak it, to question her action. Mm-hmm. Now, she can feel that questioning. I may not ask. Maybe I'm not outwardly jealous. Mm-hmm. But at some point, to the point, something in me begins to meet that moment of relationship Mm-hmm. limited by a fear, a trigger, a button that has come through time with me into that relationship. Right. That means that as long as that pain, that little part of myself that was bundled up into a little ball of fearful energy, yeah. as long as it's there, it will act as a limitation on our relationship. So that until it is revealed in its concealed state, it is a limitation. Now, one more point. Mm -hmm. Ordinarily, when the moment comes and it's revealed, what do I do? I blame my partner for the Mm. pain in me. I'm jealous, I question, I get upset. Instead of recognizing that that split second where suddenly the light of that moment revealed what was concealed in me, it was an act of love. Yeah. It was something showing me, Guy, if you want to take this relationship past this point of limited state, you're Mm -hmm. going to have to let what has been concealed in you come out so that you can understand. The problem isn't what she's doing. Mm -hmm. The problem is an unseen demand that you have that she be exactly what you need her to be so you're never afraid again, so that you never feel this pain. And that's Mm -hmm. impossible. So that's why I say in my book that what is concealed must be revealed for us to be healed. And that's Mm -hmm. love's function. Uh, That's love's function. Wonderful. That's so true. I mean, it's like... uh... A lot of times we tend to blame others for triggers and wounds that we hold deep within ourselves. We've forgotten the experience, but those, uh, those that energy, that blockage is still within. And like you pointed out, instead of blaming the other person, what we can do is be more mindful of these triggers 
and sort of ask ourselves, where is this coming from? But then, you know, double down in terms of your commitment to making this relationship thrive by first healing yourself instead of blaming the other person. So that is, that is, one, that is one more point because yeah. everybody, so how, how does that heal then? Right. This is where those of us who have, if you will, by whatever word you want to call it, a love of God, a faith in the mm-hmm. divine, a hope in something unseen mm-hmm. that we know is greater than ourselves, that we are meant to be an instrument of. This is where we have to actually uh, become a true aspirant to understand love doesn't show us what limits us to punish us. Mm. Love shows us these limitations, these fears, these petty grievances, these jealousies, these regrets, these resentments. Love reveals these qualities that remain in us so that in the very moment of the illumination, we are liberated to the extent we can bear that light bringing out of the darkness into itself that alone which shows us you know what this no longer needs to be kept alive this has no place in me anymore i didn't know it was there but now i have been shown the truth and the truth sets me free so that to the degree the awareness reveals the limitation Mm-hmm. I actually exit that moment a different man or woman than the one that went into it. That's the magic of relationship. That's the power of love. Got it. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, you, you write about one of my favorite topics. You write about um, celestial forces and the power of Trinity which sort of manifests in relationships as well. And if you really think about it, whether it's Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, whether it's the Holy Trinity, whether it's the Trinity of Ayurveda, Vata, Pitta, Kapha, or even the energies of the Vedas, which is Rajas, Tamas, um, Sattva, everything is in threes. And so uh, across civilizations, across uh, traditions, you've got the three. Uh, So talk to us about how this concept relates to our relationship, especially our intimate relationship. I love that you've asked this question, AJ. Most uh, interview hosts, uh, I, I think it just goes, whew, I think it just goes over their head, but you've pinned it. Hmm. There isn't a culture, there isn't a true religious body, not popular today. What we call religion today isn't really religion anymore. Mm -hmm. The principles remain intact. You can't mess with those, thank God. But you can sure pull everything down and make a mess of it like we have in this world. But this trinity is such an extraordinary thing to understand if we can do it. So I'll give you a simple way, everybody, to look at this. Here I am, and I've been with my wife 40 years now. Wow. I fell in love with her. Mm. She fell in love with me. Now, let's Mm. be slow. I didn't fall into her. I fell into love with Mm. her. She didn't fall into Guy. She fell in love with Guy. So there had to be something between these opposites. 
Hmm. of active and passive, affirming and denying, that brings those two principal celestial forces into a unity that of themselves they can't create. So mm. they have to be married into mm. something. Right. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity, where these three divine forces, active, passive, and reconciling, mm. affirming, deny, and negating, come into play in our life as right. a demonstrable experience. Once mm. we get this idea that when we fall in love, Mm-hmm. We have been joined together by a third person. Right. There's literally, literally another person in our relationship. Oh. Only the person that's in our relationship is invisible. <laughs> <laughs> it's divine. Because yeah, if it weren't for this divine yeah. unifying quality, there's mm-hmm. no way that any of us would meet at any level. Because something has to show us our commonality. Something has to show us where it is that there is a similarity that binds us together. Mm. So it's that love that brings us to each other. And it is that love that holds us together when things seem to be breaking apart. And Mm. it is that same love that takes us beyond the individual tendencies, the idiosyncrasies, so that something much broader, beautiful, and timeless can be brought into our hearts. Wow, that's really wonderful. And as you were explaining, what came to my mind is uh, we're so limited by our identities, that of being a man or that of being a woman. Uh, And sometimes I can sort of uh, foresee uh, in a conscious relationship the man at times playing a more feminine part oh yeah oh yeah and the woman playing a more masculine part oh yeah whenever the need arises uh, and not being limited by your identity as a man or a husband or the wife so what a great what a great comment and i can enlarge if you want sure, sure. to on that yeah <clears throat> so you know i love to tell stories my all my books have yeah. parables in them So here's one I'll make up, so to speak. Imagine um, a man walking down the beach Mm -hmm. and he's looking around and suddenly he sees what looks like something that could be quite unique, precious, Mm -hmm. and he picks it up off of the beach. He takes it back to his home where he has a jeweler's wheel. Mm. And he begins to grind on that stone to bring out its luster, its Mm. beauty, that it could better reflect light when it comes into it. Now, imagine for a minute you and I are the stone. No, Mm. no, no. Oh, God, this hurts. (laughs) Don't do this. I don't want to be polished. I don't want to know about these rough edges in myself. I get by okay. People even say I'm nice, you know, (laughs) and I'm getting polished. And then I'm screaming and I don't understand. And then a day later, I'm set into a beautiful golden ring. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I liked it on the beach, but what's this long story short? Then I'm handed over to the king or to the queen. Mm. as something they will wear on their hand for a long, long time. Here's the meaning of it. In a relationship, at times, the man is active, the woman is passive 
as the stone. There is a natural polishing that's mm. taking place. Then as it must occur, the female becomes the polishing wheel. In fact, mm. I'll just say it out loud. If it weren't for my wife, I'd be a gorilla. There's no, there's no question in my mind yeah. that my wife has helped me realize rough edges, tough mm. places, insensitivities that I could have never known without her acting as a polishing wheel right. and me the gem. And the same for her. That's what a beautiful relationship is, is this alteration between mm. active and passive forces. Now, why, though? Mm. Because that's what beauty is. Mm-hmm. Beauty comes out of the marriage of the polishing wheel and the gem. The wheel itself doesn't have beauty in quotes. The stone itself without the wheel has no beauty. Right. But when you put them together for the purpose that beauty has brought them to be, mm-hmm. suddenly beauty is manifested through the action of active and passive forces working together <sighs> under beauty's guidance. Got it. I love that. I love that uh, vision that you have for, uh, you know, people who are either in a relationship or wanting to be in a relationship. Um, you know, like they say, not looking into each other's eyes, but together focusing on that uh, state of beauty that they want to reach, um, depending on what dimension of beauty we're looking at. But whatever that beauty is, like you mentioned, it's a process and it's a journey. And that beautifully transitions into the next, next question that I had for you, which is... Sure. Uh, something that you've written in your book and you've said all our relationships, particularly with those we love, exist for a single beautiful purpose, a partner, whether our spouse or that someone special or even would be companion in our life is there in our life to help us grow. So my question to you is how can I as an individual identify and provide more opportunity for such growth to my partner? Because I'm sure and there are listeners are sort of perking their ears up and saying, okay, I'm in a relationship, maybe I'm married, or maybe, you know, I've got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, and I want to identify these ways in which I can provide them, or I can be a conduit for their growth. So how can we identify such opportunities? <laughs> <laughs> and don't you find it amazing that I'm more interested in you growing than I am in growing myself? Yeah. Because I believe that unless you grow, I can't. Mm. I feel caught in this relationship because I look at you and essentially I judge you Mm. as being the source of my limitation. Mm. God, if there was anything we could throw out the window as a human being and as a species, the idea that somehow I am limited in my capacity to discover these divine qualities that I have been created as an instrument to be because of what you're doing. Mm. No, see, that's, that's a dodge. That's, that's an escape from responsibility. But by the same token, we do have to understand that there are lots of things that we do Mm. that produce in our partner, the very thing that we blame them for. Right. As an example, Let's take a relationship between you and your sweetie. Yeah. So she comes to you and says, you know, AJ, we have to have a little talk. Mm. Now, there's no couple that have ever been together on this planet from the first cave people all the way through the seemingly most elegant that haven't had a moment where one of them says to the other, honey pie, 
we need to sit and have a talk. Mm. Now, every human knows what that means. Do we mm. not? Yeah. It means I have a problem with you. Mm. Now, when you hear that someone wants to talk to you because they have a problem with you, do you go, oh, that's fantastic. I can't <laughs> wait to sit down with you and right. listen to you complain or criticize me, no matter how well you couch it. I do what the minute somebody even seems to intimate that I have a limitation. What's the first thing that I do? Uh, maybe sort of get defensive sometimes. <laughs> sort of get defensive. Yeah. yeah. Instantaneous resistance. Yeah. Now, so here I am. My spouse comes to me and says something. And before they're even finished, just by the energy. Mm. I'm resisting them. Mm -hmm. Now, when I resist my partner, what does that do to my partner other than immediately confirm in their mind that I am, in fact, what they don't want me to be? Mm -hmm. Instantaneously, I have helped them reach the conclusion there's right. not going to be any further here because this person doesn't want to change. Mm -hmm. So that in a moment... My partner, and now again, let's say reverse roles, you go to your spouse mm -hmm. and you say, I need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Now, do I say I need to talk to you because I'm so happy with you? No. Or do I say I need to talk to you because there's some pain in me mm -hmm. that essentially I'm blaming on you? So I'm bringing to my partner, no matter how well I've dressed it up, a pain in myself mm -hmm. and asking them to explain to me my own pain. Right. Not only can't my partner explain to me this thing, this limitation, this mm -hmm. button, this trigger, but the very moment that I bring them my pain, mm -hmm. what do I awaken in them? Pain. Pain. Now we have a self-defeating, self-created pattern. Mm -hmm. where the more I push to change you, the more you push back to change me. Mm -hmm. And that pattern will never and can never change by itself. Mm -hmm. It is reincarnation in the truest sense of the word. It is a limited level imagining itself to belong to something above itself, but producing a cycle Guaranteed to continue because conflict gives birth to conflict, gives birth to conflict. No change possible except that things get worse. Right. So what is in that moment the solution to that pattern? Mm -hmm. oh, grab, your, grab your socks. Everybody get a hold of yourself because this is tough stuff what we're about to do. Mm -hmm. And yet if we see the truth of it, it is the only conceivable answer. Mm-hmm. One of us has to change mm -hmm. right then, right there on the spot. Let me say it again. I'll say it otherwise. One of us has to understand our partner may be incapable of changing right then and right there on the spot. Mm. So that if I don't change, no change is possible. Now listen, because this is deep but beautiful. If I even make the smallest effort, 
to, instead of bringing pain to my partner, be attentive and aware of the fact that I wouldn't be feeling this pain if it weren't something concealed in me, mm-hmm. and allow the revelation of what is concealed mm-hmm. to be the source of my action, then in that moment, even if it's just the tiniest little bit, the whole thing changes. Mm. Why? Because I'm not pushing in the same way. Right. And when that little bit changes by the laws of physics, the whole thing changes. Right. Because I have agreed to give something up that I feel is me, Mm -hmm. my right. I've seen that there is no such thing as being right if I'm feeling negative. Love has no hatred in it. Love has no blame in it. And for those that know Western scripture, Christ said, love thine enemies. The, the Aramaic translation of love thine enemies is do not oppose what opposes you. Mm. It isn't my partner that opposes me. I start out opposing my partner because I blame them for my pain. Mm-hmm. I must take responsibility for that. And if I do, AJ, I create a miracle, but not because I'm doing it, but because it's the natural outcome of the understanding. And what is the miracle? I give you space to see yourself as you are Mm -hmm. instead of by pushing you, getting you to double down on your belief that I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. Boom. Space is created. And in that space comes light. In that space comes the possibility of something that can't exist otherwise. That's relationship magic. Got it. I love that. I love that advice, uh, firstly, because, and this, I think, uh, is very new. It's very, very, it's a different conversation that one can get into, especially if one notices some resistance and wanting to have that discussion. But like you've uh, alluded to, getting into that discussion not to blame the other person, but seeking a level of support in finding out that which is within me that is creating the problem. Yes. That's, that's you can write this, write this down, listeners. It's a key mm-hmm. point in my new book, but it's a key point for everything. Right. Pain picks the fight. Mm-hmm. Pain picks the fight. Not you, not me, pain. It's not my pain alone. It's not your pain alone. It's not the pain of the people living in Syria, the pain of the people living in Guatemala, the pain of the people in Russia, the pain of the people in the United States. It is our pain. Mm. And it is given to us by, for the fact of discovering that there is a way in which this thing that now makes enemies of everyone that causes us to try to control or dominate not just others, but countries that we can begin to actually understand this thing that's appearing is appearing in all of us. And if we could understand that, sorry to get so, why is my pain more important than yours, AJ? It's not. It's not. But I see everything that way. Mm. I don't care about your pain when I'm in pain. Mm. I don't care that people are starving 
when I'm eating, mm. I, I'm, I'm talking about something so broad and maybe I need to bring it down, you know, but I'm just describing what happens when a man or a woman realizes that their partner is in as much pain as they are. Yeah. They just don't see it because all I do is look through the eyes of something that wants to blame you for how I feel. Right. This broader awareness allows me to recognize and start from that place so that as an exercise, the next time your partner sets you off, just say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to not say a word for three to 12 or 24 hours. I'm going to mm. zip the lip. Not one word's going to come out of me about this pain that I'm feeling. Not one. Mm. And you know what you'll discover? You can't do it. Okay. And if you discover that you can't do it, then who's talking for you? Mm. Pain. Right. Not you. Now, there's a beautiful separation that actually is a unification. Because mm. I always thought it was me saying that thing, judging someone, correcting, but it's never been me. But I never knew it was not me because I was always instantaneously made the instrument of that pain or that blame. Mm. Now I see, ah, and in that, what happens? What has been concealed has been revealed, and the healing is the unity of the whole of the man or the woman who starts to understand this explains why there's no peace between my partner and I or between myself and the guy that cuts me off on the freeway mm. or wherever that pain may be. Just try it. Just try it. You won't believe it. You'll be so shocked. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally picked up. I'm compelled to, to, <laughs> to enter into a fight and write this down, listeners. No one wins a fight. Mm-hmm. Period. No one wins a fight. How do we know? Because we'll fight and then we'll fight again. Mm. Because when we fight, one of us has to walk away feeling a winner. One has to walk away feeling a loser. And when you lose a fight, you don't lose a fight. That little body of energy we talked about before is coalesced in the darkness of this consciousness. And it's just waiting for the next moment where it'll have a chance to win again. Right. No one wins a fight. Now, if we really knew that, AJ, would we ever fight? No. Or would we bear the pain that wants to push us into a fight? And in bearing what's been concealed, having it revealed and being healed, lo and behold, there's no longer a man or a woman here who needs to prove anything to anyone to know mm-hmm. who and what I am in reality. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. In fact, uh, on the same topic, I love this uh, thing that you write about in your book. uh, And you say, real compassion lies in our ability to remember that anytime we witness our partner expressing a negative state like anger or resentment, what we're actually seeing in that moment is a loved one who can no longer bear the weary weight of his or her carefully concealed despair. Yes. So that, that is a, a, some, that's what we're saying mm. is when when my wife, if and as she does, mm-hmm. comes down and she's impatient, if she expresses some bitterness, a complaint of some kind, mm-hmm. 
The only reason she's doing that is she doesn't know what else to do with the weight of her own present consciousness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know what else to do. We can see our consciousness. No other animal, no other creation can be aware of its own consciousness. Mm -hmm. What a gift. And that's what the moment is. It right. is a revelation of our consciousness into a broader body of awareness that is divine in origin. So that in my awareness, I can see what it is that's been manifesting itself in me. And that same awareness has conscience and it won't act against itself. Mm -hmm. Got it. So this is some really, really great advice. Action Tribe, if you're watching, if you're listening, know that uh, there's power in a moment, right? Uh, like Tony Robbins says, in a moment, you can either get a divorce or remain or, or grow to a new level in terms of your relationship. Wars can begin or peace can be made. So it all happens within a moment. And like we're learning today, in that moment, you can either show some restraint, become more mindful and realize that if you're having a you know disagreement, then there's a good chance that the pain is within you and it is being reflected uh, yes. in this disagreement. So and it and it isn't that we that we aren't all idiots at time. Mm -hmm. We know we are. Yeah, we know we can be rude, impatient, cruel. That's true. We see these things in ourselves, but mm -hmm. here is the main point: if we would just experiment. AJ, the most uh, astounding definition in the world to me, because it ties into all of this, the original meaning of the word patience, mm -hmm. if you want to write something else down, listeners, the original meaning of the word patience is to suffer yourself. Ah. Tell me that's not priceless. That is priceless, for sure. My wife is angry at me. Can I be patient? Not blame mm -hmm. her, not ask her to be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Can I suffer what is being stirred in me so that instead of making her suffer because of my lashing back, right. I die to that part of my consciousness. Mm. I literally die to it. I surrender it. It's a kind of crucifixion in Western terms. Mm -hmm. So that something that was former can pass and a new conception, a new level of consciousness can appear from out of that matrix. Got it. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers are going, you know, what happens after that, right? What happens? So we, there's a disagreement and maybe your significant other is maybe uh, angry or holds some resentment and expresses that and you decide to sort of hold yourself back, have some patience. But at what point? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You don't, we're not holding ourselves back. Okay. Because of an image that we have of ourselves. Mm. Love is holding back who we are about to act out because love will not harm itself or anyone else. Mm. Love will not agree to hate. 
Love will not agree to produce pain in another person so that our patience aligns us with this third person. Our patience aligns us with that and we act out of that. That's the true action. It's choiceless, AJ. Oh, okay. It's choiceless. Now, we may have to start, and I know we do, with this idea, okay, I have to be patient, I have to be patient, I have to be patient. But even that will produce the feeling of, my God, why is it so hard not to get angry? Hmm. Why is anger so natural to me Hmm. when it's obviously an impediment to the relationship, when obviously it's destructive to the soul, not to mention the world that I walk around in. So gradually we gain little insights, little moments of revelation. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I wanted to make that clear. Oh, no worries at all. I mean, I was on the same point itself. Uh, you, you know, I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners might be, you know, like what happens after that? At what point do we uh, indulge in a conscious dialogue where we also get an opportunity to express uh, the intention or yes. the ideal vision for our relationship? Okay. Again, patience. What if we just decided, because we can understand some of what we've been talking about, yeah. that any time I'm negative and I want to talk to my partner, I'm going to make my partner negative, yeah. period. So that if nothing else, I'm going to make an agreement with myself. If I'm negative, I'm going to wait until I'm not feeling that negativity to oh, talk okay. to my partner. You know, he, she said this, he did that. Uh, okay patience i'm going to suffer myself until i'm no longer identified with the negativity Mm. then i'm going to talk to my partner from a completely different place and it's not going to create the automatic resistance that negativity produces when i come at my partner from it Mm. so now they've got a little space and they will respond differently If you've ever been able to wait to talk to your partner when you're not negative, you know, sweetheart, remember we were walking yesterday Mm -hmm. and you kind of made that little passive aggressive comment. It hurt me. Mm. It hurt me. I I didn't say anything because I don't want to hurt you, but I want you to know that that hurts. Now you say that like that, they're going to feel your pain for the first time and understand how they've been complicit in it without knowing it. Mm. And then love as the intermediary is going to bring us to a new understanding where, okay, you know what? I'm sorry, sweetheart. I honestly, I didn't even know I said it to you. Honest to God, I didn't even know I said it. Ah, (laughs) That's what we're looking for. Pain, pick the fight. Let's drop the pain and let love perfect us together thanks a lot for sharing that guy we are not quite at the end of our uh, episode but uh, for now based on what you've shared so far what is that one action step that you'd like to uh, recommend for our listeners slow down okay slow down why when we're angry or upset and we're talking to somebody about it, are we at a nice, even, mindful pace? Or 
Are we the instrument of a mind that's running at a thousand miles an hour? So now let's tie the idea of slowing down with patience. Because mm. if we do that, we're going to discover that there's something in me that doesn't want to be present to itself. It wants to push you to get rid of what I'm feeling. So mm. if we slow down, examples of slowing down, how about we slow down the number of complaints we speak out loud or to mm. ourselves every day? What if instead of complaining, I slowed down and was mindful of the complainer right. and was patient, to, patient in the face of that pain instead of just spitting it out, dumping on everybody I know and basically dumping on myself when I complain. That would be a wonderful action item. Slow down, stop complaining, or at least become more mindful of it so that we can suffer ourselves, be patient properly. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this particular episode, go to my7chakras.com forward slash 344. That's my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash 344. And if you're listening to this episode on your iPhone or your Apple device, then don't forget to hit the subscribe button, the button that you'll see on your screen, because that will ensure that you do not miss out on any future episode releases. And we've got a lot in store for you many epic guests and solo episodes that i'm coming up with uh, so hit the subscribe in case you're planning to join us for the long term and you want to listen to more episodes from my seven chakras a relationship is like a house when a light bulb burns out you do not go out and buy a new house you fix the light bulb now this is an amazing quote by bernard joy val it's very simple it's very profound and it's very true your relationship is like a house and you probably spent years and a lot of energy to decorate it, to clean it, to build it. So when a light bulb burns out, uh, that is when you face that difficulty or that disagreement or that strain in your relationship like we're learning today. Don't just give up. Instead, use the, the mindset shifts and the principles and the actions that you're learning today and discuss, uh, come together, express, share and heal the issue so that you together become stronger as a result of it. Because like Werner Joy reminded us, when the light bulb, I'm, I'm facing difficulty to pronounce the word light, light bulb. <laughs> light bulb. Light bulb. <laughs> when yeah. the light bulb burns, you spend time to fix the bulb and not to get a new house. So Guy, and, talk to us. <laughs> yeah. And and check the wiring. And check the wiring. Don't forget that. Uh, right. But, uh, but guy, talk to us about uh, you know a time in your life when you experienced uh, that version of the light bulb um, and, uh, malfunction, or in other words, a challenge or a difficulty. And tell us what you did to sort of overcome that situation for the benefit of our listeners. We could make the parallel that when the light bulb goes out, that it's kind of a little dark night of the soul. Mm. Because suddenly everything that I could see and understand went into the dark. I thought I understood my partner. Mm. I thought I understood the meaning of a relationship. I thought I understood the path I was on going mm. through my life. Light bulb goes out. In that split second, as that person indicates, you don't throw away the house. Mm. You don't throw away the relationship. 
You don't necessarily throw away the path. But you understand that in that moment when suddenly you can no longer see Mm. what you had been seeing, it is literally an invitation by life to get you to open your eyes a little wider. Have you ever been in a room or had the power go out? This is a good parallel. Yeah. When that light goes out, man, you're, you're in the black. You can't see a thing. Yeah, that's true. But you have a quality inherent in your physical body that your eyes adjust to the darkness, and then you start to be able to see yeah. that it isn't really the darkness you're in. You just needed to make an adjustment to that oh. level of darkness. Spiritually, yes. it's the exact same thing, AJ, that when everything seems to go dark, all that you're being asked to do is to get quiet enough, patient enough, that another order of seeing can come in and bring another kind of light into that house. Mm. And then you see not only what was there, but everything that's there in a new way. And then you stop fearing when the light goes out because a new light will come in. And that's a yeah. guarantee. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful analogy. And since we're talking about light going off, yesterday I had gone to a restaurant with my partner and we were having dinner. It was nighttime and there was a lot of crowd. And was it the Indian as, restaurant? This was a different restaurant, but okay. again, this was we were having South Indian food, dosas. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've tried that. Oh, are you kidding? Uh, yeah. I've spent time in, I've spent time in India. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, my bad. Uh, we, we, we spoke about this last time as well. But anyway, no we, were having, we were having dinner and, uh, you know, the light went off. And I was like, wow, really? They, they have a malfunction? And then people started singing happy bird. And then <laughs> it was somebody's birthday. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> and so sometimes, you know, bringing us back to the metaphor, uh, you know, light might go out, but it's it might be for a celebration of something for a huge birth, for a birthday. That is a a perfect AJ. It is because right. yeah. I'm born again. Yeah. I yeah. literally have a birthday. Suddenly yeah. there's another level of consciousness yes. that was born because of the darkness. There right. you have the active, passive and reconciling forces, the mm. unity. See how it's, it's so big and beautiful. If we can yeah. see it. Absolutely. Actually, Tribe, I hope you're enjoying today's session as much as I am. We've learned in today's episode that relationships are made of a celestial energy and that many primordial forces are at work more than you recognize. Yeah. Uh, and just like a mirror reflection, a relationship reflects back to us our emotions, our triggers, our deeply rooted wounds. And if we have the right tools, the right mindsets, like we're learning on today's episode, then we can come together as a conscious couple and work on building a strong, lasting relationship. It's not an easy process. It's easier to say it, but then you need to take action. But if you're a little bit more mindful, uh, and if you understand how the human mind works, and today was an amazing foundational workshop, uh, sort of, uh, into the human mind, then there's a reward in store for you. And as someone put, love is not how you forget, but how you forgive. Not how you listen, but how you understand. Not what you see, but how you feel. And not how you let go, but how you hold on. So... Again, this is not easy to do, but then small steps. So we're it's, at... It's, it's a full contact sport. 
it's a full <laughs> it's a full contact sport and you got to open a open your heart wide right i mean the, this is yeah. this is a very profound statement that you made today because yes when you know the only reason why a lot of people close their hearts is because they are reminded of certain wounds that might uh, they might be hurt once again but the truth like you've said is open your heart because you are we, the universe we we would never close our heart fear closes the heart fear closes the heart yeah so that fear can rule the heart fear closes the heart so that fear can rule the heart when we understand that we'll stop agreeing to be afraid of being hurt and understand that our task and our possibilities lie through the path of letting our heart be as open as it can so that we actually discover nothing can hurt or compromise love Got it, got it. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. So we've come to the last round of the show, which is the wisdom round, which comprises of four questions so that our listeners can get some actionable nuggets of wisdom. Uh, but the first question is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? I'll say it in my own words. Mm-hmm. All things good come to those for whom the good is all things. Mm. If you want to know how to have a fearless life, learn to see and understand that life wants more for you and I than we will ever be able to imagine. And that life, real life, the divine, never gives us anything that isn't help develop us into a deeper relationship with love and the divine. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead, who would it be? Uh, That's a tough one. I think of my father, my mother. I think of a great man that I spent 15 years working with who passed in the early 90s. And I think that in the end, if I had to pick one, I think it would be with my mother Mm. so that I could help her understand better that I was able to while she lived, that she didn't have to be afraid, that Mm. she didn't have to be angry and that there was more to life than I was able in those days to express to her, even though I may not even use the words, but I would be able to help her feel that. Mm -hmm. And in that, I think there would be healing from my mother. Got it. Thanks for sharing. And what is that one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening before you go to sleep that has improved the quality of your life? Same thing, morning, midday and evening. I work as vigilantly, as dedicatedly as I can to be present to myself and what the moment is showing me about myself so that in every moment, as Paul said, I die daily and become a new human being without the past, without its pain, and without a future to try and find a place where I won't be afraid. All of that just disappears. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? (laughs) I'm going to be self-serving here. Relationship magic, waking up together. Awesome. It is a compendium of over 45 years of my own work brought into a fairly, I hope, concise and all telling tale 
of how we can turn any moment that seems to be a pain into something that opens up the promise that lives in us and makes us a more perfected man or woman. Wonderful. We'll have the link to your book up in the show notes. And are you currently on Audible as well? Or are you planning to? Yes. In fact, here's a, a, a wonderful benefit. If you go to relationshipmagicbook.com, okay. relationshipmagicbook.com, the link that AJ is going to show you, and you order the book online from my bookstore, you get a free download of the Audible book that I read so that you get two for the price of one, so to speak. The free Audible book, you get the book itself, and you get an auto automatically a free gift of seven ways to have a happier, higher life with the one you love, which is a six-hour MP3 of a series of talks that I gave on the nature of love and relationships. So you get the audio book for free, audible book, you get the download of the album, and you get the book at relationshipmagicbook.com. Awesome. Action Tribe, if you liked this particular episode, then I highly recommend that you get the book as well. And as you're learning today, you're getting many bonuses along with the book. So we'll have the link in the show notes, but the link is relationshipmagicbook.com where you'll have all these goodies waiting for you. Um, thanks a lot, Guy, for appearing on our show. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online. I'm grateful to be reminded as often as possible that if I'm present enough to myself, that there's no such thing as a problem and no person having one. Mm. Even though the world <clears throat> spins out of control, that there is a center that lives in the heart of every human being that can no more be affected by a single wave passing over than the ocean, then the ocean worries about the wave that runs through it. So that's what I'm grateful for every day. And if you go to guyfinley.org, www.guyfinley.org, guyfinley you can spend a year there just going through the free material, and you can learn about my online wisdom school, which is a place that men and women from all over the world meet two to three times a week studying and talking about these ideas for almost nothing at all, incredibly inexpensive, as are all of the things that my foundation makes available. I also speak three times a week in Southern Oregon, and I always forget this. Visit me on Instagram and Facebook, where I post, and you can see videos and YouTube. I, you know, I'm so old, I barely know what these things are, AJ, God help me. But <laughs> There are wonderful means for people to get in touch with this work, and I urge everyone to do so. Got it, got it. Thanks a lot, Guy. Action Tribe, if you listen till here, it means that you really in, enjoy and are interested in finding and discovering more about yourself and transforming your life one step at a time. And if that is you, then you're definitely going to love the Action Tribe Inner Circle membership where you'll have access to mentors who will provide you training in a variety of exciting topics, including discovering your purpose, activating your intuition, dissolving your financial blocks, and much more. If you're curious and fascinated, then 
visit my7chakras.com forward slash waitlist. That's my7chakras.com forward slash waitlist. And since we're talking about Instagram, uh, my Instagram handle is at my7chakras, at my7chakras. To see, take a screenshot of this episode, take a screenshot or maybe a photo of you listening to this episode and tag me as well as tag Guy on his Instagram <laughs> so that we can share your wonderful message with our respective communities guy thank you so much it's always wonderful to connect with you and i'm always i always go back so much more enriched so i appreciate your time and uh, uh, and also for talking to us about uh, these topics about uh, that relate to relationship and being more mindful about our own uh, our own story and taking us closer to our human revolution so thanks a lot for that heart to heart aj heart to heart Chakras at my seven chakras.com. That is my S E V E N chakras.com. <laughs>